Well, good morning, everybody. Alex Todd here from T-Box Chatter and The Next T. This morning, I have a great guest. I'm joined by the CEO and founder of Squares Golf. You know those shoes. You've seen them all over social media, all over the commercials on, on Golf Channel. Robert Winskiewicz. Robert, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Uh, it's a pleasure, Alex. Thanks for having me. So, uh, you know, before we really get into squares, because there's a there's a lot of stuff, a lot of technical information to take from from you know the logic and the uh, you know the uh, the, the genius of, of squares golf. Let's talk about a couple other things a little bit away. So you're 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 in New Hampshire, are you not? Yes, yeah, I'm up here in lovely New Hampshire. It was uh, I got up this morning and it was snowing. So uh, yeah, it's a little cool up here today, but. Uh, you know, summer is on its way. Excellent. And of course, uh, you know, after we talked a little bit the other day, uh, you happen to have a lake there. So you do a little bit of fishing when you're not uh, doing everything that squares golf. Uh, what do you like to fish for? Well, we've got uh, here in the lake, there's uh, this bass and uh, we enjoy catching them. But, uh, you know, with with little kids around the area here, too, they like to they like to catch the little sunfish and all that. But uh for the big boys, we like to go out and hunt some bass now. Nice. Now, are those largemouth or smallmouth? Both, actually. Both. Oh, nice. Yeah, 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 both. Yep, yep. So uh, what's your personal best out of that lake? Oh, you know, it's, you know, everything here, it's, it's, uh, everybody catches and releases. And, and, and usually we don't, uh, we don't talk about how big they are in this. Usually we go out and say, well, we caught 13 or 14 today, you know, and it's all about the, uh, the catching and releasing and, you know, going out with three or four friends and putting around the lake. It's always, uh, it's always a lot of fun. Okay. So I got to ask, uh, I'm a fly fisherman myself. I mean, I fish, you know, the Great Lakes for, for trout and salmon as well. Uh, but my, so, yeah, no. uh, um, so everyone, just to let you know, the host is having a little bit of a problem with the microphone today. It's acting a little bit wonky. So uh, anyways, we'll continue on, on with that. So have you ever tried fly, fly fishing or, uh, for bass? I haven't. I have not. No, it uh, seems like it's too much work. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? Okay, so here, okay, so we're going to tie this into golf now. Um, would you believe that the, the similarity between the golf swing and fly fishing, it, like the casting motion is crazy. It's eerily familiar. Um, really? Really? absolutely. Yeah, no. Uh, and the funny thing about that is, uh, um, you know, first of all, bass on a fly rod is a ton of fun, especially on poppers. Oh, it's, it's a blast, but you have to stay connected, you know, throughout the swing, you can't go back too far. It's timing. I mean, so it's a lot of things that uh, if you're making this kind of a motion where you're really whipping your arm back and forth and you're disconnected from your body, your cast will be ugly. It'll, it won't be a good cast. Jeez, I never heard the uh, I never heard the uh, somebody explain the similarities. That's interesting. Yeah. And if you stay connected, guess what? You have tight loops, you know, you, and and you have control. You can really hit your spots. Right. So anyways, so now that we're sort of onto a golf thing here um let's hear about uh how you got started with squares golf because you've made a lot of waves you know you've you've received some awards in the last couple of years from golf digest um uh, you know and there's actually a lot of chatter on on social media uh especially twitter i hang out a lot on twitter and there's a lot of chatter about squares golf so you know where did this come from 
Yeah, you know, we looked at shoes. I started this journey back in 2011. Um, and it was really the, the, the motivation was I started to see a lot of these sneaker-like golf shoes out there. And, and my background was I worked for Arnold Palmer, uh, running his golf equipment company for a number of years, worked for McGregor Golf. And, you know, we did a fair amount in ground force and, and how to create swing speed. And, and I had a, depth, a considerable depth of understanding of footwear. And I started seeing these lightweight sneaker-like shoes come out. And, you know, I was scratching my head saying, geez, they just cannot facilitate, you know, the golf swing. And, and it was, it started at that point in time, but then as I watched the industry equipment uh, with, with clubs and balls and irons and putters, you saw, you've seen a great deal of innovation in that area. And you've seen actually a driver uh, innovate itself to a point of being a commodity today. And the reason I say that is because the USGA has stepped in and regulated the spring effect of a club. They're regulating the shafts, they regulate the heads, golf balls regulated. One golf ball cannot carry and roll farther than another ball. So the reason that's happened is because of innovation. And yet golf shoes have, have did not keep up with innovation. And I challenge people, you know, back in the 1800s when golf shoes were invented, um, and in 1890, they put cleats on it. Since then, I don't think there's one thing people can point to in a golf shoe that people have deployed into footwear making that actually helps you play better golf. So I, I actually feel that the golf industry went backwards. They started taking removable cleats off the shoes and went to these little nubs. And I will tell you that you just give up, you'll give up distance you'll give up balance, you'll give up stability if you do not have a removable cleat. And I'll give you a little, little, little side story here is that Ben Hogan, Ben Hogan, who didn't get too many things wrong in a golf swing, had an extra cleat put on the ball of his right foot, his trail hill. And he did that because he understands the importance of ground connection. And nobody knew about that for about three years. And it was one of his secrets is that he understood that you need these type of cleats and that kind of connection with the ground for better balanced ability, but to create swing speed, which swing speed is the basis of distance. So what we did is we started researching all of this. I hired three designers, three really good designers. They worked at Reebok, New Balance, Converse, Puma, FootJoy, and all of these people got together and started out the design process of squares. And if you notice on our shoe, it starts with a square toe. And the reason it has more of a square toe is really so your feet and your toes, your toes rather, can sit in that shoe naturally. And, and I give people a little exercise. If you were to take your hand and move it up and down freely, you know, move it all around. It's nice. Uh, there's no stress on it. But if you squeeze your fingers together and, and then try to move your hand up and down, you feel the tension on your wrist. Well, your feet is the same way. And they call it, you know, in golf, they talk about the kinetic chain. And so if you're putting stress on your feet and your ankle, it's going to resonate all the way up through your body. So the additional, the additional benefit is your toes will sit naturally in the shoe. That means you'll have better balance and better stability. And without balance and stability in the golf swing, you don't have anything. If you're moving all around, you get nothing. 
So starting out with the square toe, then we were able to widen the base under the ball of your foot wider than any other golf shoe. That too is going to give you better balance, better stability. So the combination of the wider base and the square toe, when you flip the shoe over, there's more surface contact area with the ground more than any other golf shoe. Now, what is that going to do for you? That's going to give you better energy exchange with the ground. So as you swing, you throw pressure or force into the ground. It goes into the ground, back up through you, down your arms, into the club, and then into the ball. And all of this energy or all this force of pressure that you generate is facilitated by your feet and your golf shoe and your connection to the ground. So having a larger platform there gives you better balance and energy exchange. Now, I always like to talk to people about, you know, where distance really comes from. And distance really comes from your use of the ground. And you hear it all the time out there into how to use the ground. And the swing was built from the ground up. Well, we both know that there's two connections in golf, your hands to the club and your feet to the ground. And I right. would argue that the feet to the ground is the most important because some people don't realize that your feet facilitate hip rotation. So if your weight distribution is not proper in the golf swing, you can't turn your right hip. If you're a right-handed golfer, you can't get that right hip back and then you can't bring it through. Correct. So when, when we talk about this to people about how to create swing speed, it emanates from your feet and a really good pair of golf shoes. And I, and I always joke around and say, I put a pair of shoes down, a pair of squares on the ground, a golf ball on the ground, and a, and a driver on the ground. I say, which one of these helps you create swing speed? The only one is the golf shoe. Of course. The golf, the golf club and the golf ball are recipients of the energy you create. You know, the club is like a lightning rod. You know, you create the, <coughs> excuse me, you create the lightning, the lightning travels down the club and that lightning ends up into the ball. And that's how the swing happens. But really what truly happens in the swing is you get it back, you, you take the, the club back, you break on the trail side. It's like snapping a towel is when you break on the trail side, you come through, you break again, and that's what whips the club head through. And all of that is done by breaking. And again, the best analogy is when, when you snap a towel, that's why you, you hear that noise. And that's the same thing with the golf swing. Now, now, just thinking with the uh, with the wider base of the design of the shoe with, with the square base, I mean, you can almost compare it to the auto racing world. There, there's a reason why they use slicks in drag racing, the big, fat, wide tires, or even in, in NASCAR, uh, where, where you're using the wider tires and you see on your typical Chef Impala out on, out on the road or, or Toyota Camry. And again, it's that, it's that surface area. And it gives, it, it gives you a real chance to get down to the ground and accelerate. So you can almost compare the, the, the two principles uh, side by side each other. I couldn't agree more. In fact, you know, that's something that we have used in the past to, to give people the analogy because it's so, you know, it's so hard to believe that simply by changing out a shoe, that changing from a, a lightweight sneaker-like shoe to a shoe that is truly built to facilitate the golf swing can actually help you play better golf. And we have seen it time and time again. We have tested over 500 golfers, independent tests. And I shared some of those tests with you. 
And, and it's interesting to note that, that if, if, if you do not have a good stable golf shoe, that it's going to provide you with so many inefficiencies in the golf swing. And I'll name a few is that. So one thing we tell people, if you can hold a shoe by the heel and the toe and twist it, throw it away, get rid of it. It, you, you, it it's killing your game. Now, now why is that? So one of the reasons is, is that with these lightweight sneaker mesh material, and they're so flexible. If you think about a golf course, there are very few uh, even lies. The golf course is tilted, you're downhill, side hill. And so, so what happens is your foot will actually move in that shoe back and forth, left and right, because it's got so much give. And us humans, us humans are designed that when we're off balance or the body, the body feels like it's off balance in any way on a side hill, downhill, you're going to have a tendency to want to grip your feet to the ground. So if I was going to come up and push you or, or you were standing on the side of the cliff looking down, your body says, grab the ground. So your toes go down. The worst thing in the golf swing is your toes going downwards. There's a lot of pros out there, Faldo being one of them, that before he hits a ball, he has an upward inflection. He, he lifts his toes up just to make sure you watch him next time he plays, just to make sure that weight distribution is proper and he's not on his toes. But once you start angling your toes down, your whole body freezes kind of all the way up. Now, that's what these lightweight sneaker shoes do is they allow your feet to literally move in the shoe back and forth, left and right. The other thing is something called inversion. Now, inversion is when you take that club back and you hear people say, I got stuck on my right side. Right. Well, what happens is in those shoes, you're throwing so much weight. If you're 200 pounds or 250 pounds and you are taking that club back and transferring weight, that shoe is cannot facilitate that. So what's going to happen is the foot is literally moving in the shoe and you can get stuck on the right side because there's so much play in those shoes from that material. So I tell people is you need a good structured golf shoe. And there's some people out there when we talk about the lightweight shoe, they say, well, I want it nice and light because, uh, you know, when I'm walking the golf course and fatigue and I can tell you that the studies have been done, that shoe is providing more fatigue than a good solid structured shoe. Why is that? Because your foot is moving in that shoe left and right, back and forth where it shouldn't be. So at the end of the round, that foot was moving so much that you'll have more fatigue than you would if you had more structured golf shoe. That's crazy. And of course, uh, you know, you know, people often they think of, you know, well, geez, if that, if that shoe's going to be structured and, you know, there's not going to be a whole lot of give, you know, it's going to be less comfortable, uh, you know, and you, you know, how, how is it that you combat that, that rationale or that thinking when it comes to squares golf? Yeah, so that you know that was kind of the evolution of 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 that lightweight sneaker shoe because people thought that the pressure that the cleat provides on the bottom of your foot, you can't build a shoe to have a cleated product and to to be comfortable all in the same thing. Is that you know we we spent a great great amount of time in this designing the shoe, looking where the pressure points are on the on the feet and placing the cleats specifically on the bottom of those pressure points because that's where you need the greatest ground connection. But you can solve these problems with a great insole, with the design of the shoe, 
And with ours, you'll notice that our shoe has got six cleats on each shoe, but we also built up around the cleats nubs. We've got some traction nubs along with the cleats. So again, it's that, you know, it will give you a nice, smooth, comfortable ride, we say. And, and you know, the other thing too, when talking about comfort is that I always said that comfort's your, uh, your entry price into golf footwear making. I mean, if you don't build a shoe and focus on comfort initially, you'll never have a good selling shoe in this business. So when we started this, the mere fact that your toes sit naturally in the shoe, people put the shoe on, can take two steps and say, my God, I can feel it already. But the other thing is, is, is we, we did it without compromising performance. And what I mean by that is if you take a lot of these newer shoes, um, lightweight sneaker-like shoes, and you look at the midsole and they've got a very thick midsole and they say it's added cushioning. Now, what's another word for cushioning? Energy absorption. The worst thing and the last thing you want in the golf swing is something absorbing energy as you're throwing it into the ground because it's a double whammy. It's you're throwing it into the ground, it gets absorbed, and then it's coming back up, it's absorbing. We showed that people are, are losing about 1.2 miles an hour in swing speed with these thick midsoles. So I like to tell people is that, look, everybody's doing something to try to improve their game. The new driver, the new putter, the new grips, the new shafts, and, 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 and surely maybe they're getting something out of that. But I can tell you for sure, that if you don't have a good golf shoe like squares, you are giving up so many, so many things on the golf course. And whether it's balance and stability, which translates into accuracy, or it's ground connection, which turns into swing speed and distance. I just tell people, spend the money. You spend $600 on a driver. And, and, and you know what? My golf spy did a test uh, two years ago. And they tested five, five drivers, five best-selling drivers. And the difference between the best-selling the best two drivers was less than one yard. The difference between the five drivers was less than two yards. And the second best, the third best driver they tested was five years old. Oh, that's crazy. So, so I mean, it's the shoe. It, it, it is, you know, and that's our tagline. It's the shoes. You know, because you can't, that club, that club with today's technology, good shafts, a good head, I can put any club in your hand, as long as the right shaft, right grip size, all of that, I can take the top five best-selling drivers, put it in your hand, and you will see, you will not recognize any distance, any difference. But I can put different golf shoes on you, and you will see the difference. And that's what we do. We put people on body track, we do... Um, and body track for those people who don't know what it is, is pressure mapping. And this is what the pros really use to see uh, how, how they can pick up more speed. And they do that by pressure, optimizing the pressure that they create and trying to create more. So when you see somebody like a Tiger or Rory come through and they're sitting down, their rear end is really trying, they're forcing so much weight as they hit the ball, they're up on their toes. That's because that weight is pushing them back up. And when you think of all of that energy exchange, you have to think, wait a minute, I need a good solid base in order to do that. And that's what we accomplished. I, I think we, we, we looked at it and, uh, you know, we, we, 
I think we built, well, I know we did. We built a better, better golf shoe. We took golf shoes to the next level. And you, you bring up a good point because, I mean, I, I took physics back in high school, which seems like about five lifetimes ago. And, you know, the first thing that you think of is, I mean, the first thing that you learn in class on the first day is Newton's laws of physics. Now, right. I can't remember if it's the first, second, or third, but uh, right. say inertia, you know, for every equal, there's a opposite reaction kind of a thing. And basically, you know, it sounds like these squares, because of their design, it really helps you, you know, lessen the chance of a sway, where, where, which is a big power leak in the first place. And a lot of golfers have them without even knowing it. And it, it just basically, you know, absorbs the energy and... It, it just makes you rebound back, you know, providing more speed and more power. Yeah. And I think he has been so, you know, when we all started playing the game, you probably heard instructors, somebody tell you that the game is built from the ground up and we've lost sight of that. You know, it's, we've lost sight because the driver's been so much innovation out there. You know, when you look at the commercials, you see all, all basically you see out there are golf balls that you can fly. This golf ball flies longer. It's softer. It's this. And then you see the drivers out there. You, you really, you don't see too many golf shoes advertised. And the reason is because they don't have anything. You know, it was a fashion industry. You know, they tried to change up the colors and the styling. And but nobody out, nobody's been out there talking performance in golf shoes. And and I just find that it's a hard conversation for people to hear and say, geez, I don't think a golf shoe can help you play better golf. But when you really get down to it and think about it, the golf shoe is the most important piece of equipment that you use. And people say, well, you use the ball on every shot. So that's the most, no, no, no. You use the shoes on every single shot. You know, it's correct. It's, it's something that, uh, that I say is the most important piece of equipment. You know, and, and I mean, you took the words right out of the mouth or out of my mouth, not the mouth, but my mouth, um, you know, because I was going to say the same thing where, you know what, you tend to use the same ball from tee to green, but what are you using from the parking lot to the parking lot once again at the end of your day it's not the golf ball that goes away after the 18th green but you know what you're still wearing those shoes right right you know yeah. so i mean it's a very valid point it's, it's a strong point too and that's why we attracted a lot of these key instructors out there we've got jim mcclain rick smith nick bradley todd graves uh you know we've got uh, professionals like a sir nick feld who was really you know, he's very, you know, he, he was a student of the game and the technology and perfecting his swing. And, and you've got, you know, John Daly and Sepp Strzok on the PGA Tour who played this weekend. Um, and I've got people on the LPGA, the Symmetra. And, and, and when you talk to these people, particularly the instructors, these guys really understand the dynamics of the feet and how important it is. I would have never had Jim McClain, Rick Smith, Nick Bradley, Todd Graves sign on to this and endorse it and wear them had it not been for them testing it out and proving what I said. And, uh, and these guys will tell you is that they're not going to, when they instruct and they teach you the game, people want to come in and talk about the hand position and my hands too high, my wrist, this and that. They say, listen, until I get from the belt buckle down fixed, until I get you in a good position, the rest of it will never happen. So exactly. Yeah. And you know that from your experience that it's, 
you got to get from the belt buckle down working. And if that works, now you get a good chance to play some good golf. That's amazing. And, and, and again, you know what? I think, again, you know, there's, you have the naysayers on social media about, you know, square, square, squares, and, and that kind of stuff. You see it all the time. And if there's one thing that I, that I would love to see is just people have an open mind and be more receptive to, okay, you know what? This is possible. It's in the science. I mean, you mentioned it, the body track. And I saw that study that you shared with me uh, over the weekend about the body, the body track yeah. piece. Yeah. And, and I mean, it speaks volumes. I mean, I, I've, I've been on body track myself before and I had, you know, good transfer, but I think with, with the squares and their design, you're going to get more. And of course, more, more swing speed, more club head speed, more distance. And yeah, almost and I, all, I, I understand the skepticism because nobody's been out there talking like this. And I, I know you remember this, but back in the day when, when Callaway, Ely Callaway launched the Big Bertha and Karsten Solheim launched the Ping Irons, they were radically different looking. And, but, but that's, I tell people, but that's, they were, both of them were after perimeter weighting. And, and that's what perimeter weighting, that's what the science dictated the club looks like. And that's what squares is. Squares was the same mindset that we're trying to provide better energy transfer, better balance and stability. And at the end of the day, the science dictated that we started with a square toe. So it's, you know, there are going to be naysayers out there, but I, I tell people, look, go to our website and check out the performance page and then order a pair. And if you don't, if it doesn't do everything we say it does, you get 30 days to play in them, to wear them. There's no risk. And you wear them and you'll validate it. And then if you don't like them for whatever reason, we take it back. You know, we also provide what we call a spikes for life program too. So once you order the shoe and the spikes start to wear down, all you have to do is order on our website. You pay the $6.99 shipping and we, uh, we send them to you for free. Oh, that's amazing. Now, if people want to have a look at your website, what is the website? It's squares.com and that's S-Q-A-I-R-Z, squares.com. And we've got a lot of information on there about energy exchange. We have Phil Stodder, who is the director of technology for V1 Sports. Um, he did a nice piece on our website about uh, ground force and energy exchange and uh, so, so again, we've done all these tests. We put the test on the website as well so people can validate. But again, um, if there's a naysayer out there hearing it, just order a pair, you get 30 days to try it. And if you don't care for it, send it back and no questions asked. Well, you know, not to sound like an old mob movie or a mafia movie, but that's an offer that you can't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, so, uh, you know, before we wrap things up, I just want to ask you a hot seat question. And it has to do with this past weekend. Okay, so so I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Go ahead. Yes. Okay. So the 16th hole at the Waste Management Open. Good for golf or bad for golf? Great for golf. I think so too. Okay. Great for golf. I, I don't I think it's great for golf. There's a stigma, you know, associated with golf and um that, you know, it always had that elitist type of feel and look to it and it could be quiet and, and this and that and somebody sneezes and, and the pro stops and everybody goes, oh, come on, are you serious? I, I play with worse than that. I got a guy, you know, when I play, there's always a guy cutting a tree down and mowing the lawn and, you know, so 
You know, look, this is this is what I think golf has to do to make to continue to be relevant, to show that it can be fun for everybody. You know, and you watch the players. They don't mind this. They love it. You know, it's they look forward to that. You know, I think there should be a 16th hole at every tournament. You know, that, I really that would be great. You know what? I, I agree with you. And I mean, I don't know if you saw it yesterday, but okay, it's one thing when when Sam Ryder got his hole in one end and Carlos Ortiz got his. But then my oh my Joel Damon and, and Harry Higgs. You know what? They, it, it really is. You know what? Everybody's talking about it today. That means everybody's talking about golf today. And, and being in the sport as long as I have and seeing the growth, you know, recent growth uh, because of COVID, you know, it was the one of the only sports you can do. And, you know, I, I wish COVID never happened, but it did happen. But game, the game is picked up in popularity. But people playing it, and even if you're at a top golf or you're uh, you're out in the golf course, you know people want to have fun, and fun can be associated, you know, with the game from a uh, from a, a fan perspective, but also the player. And what they did yesterday, you know, when you saw the hole in one and the bear cans, and you know, it's like when you get a hat trick in <laughs> hockey. You know, a hat trick in hockey. Everybody throws them on the ice and all that. It's it's just a good fun part of the game. Sorry about that. I had a little uh, thing on my end here, a little glitch there. I, you know, I couldn't agree with you more, you know, and, you know, I've said for several years now, you know, in a world of oatmeal, you know, I considered, you know, golf to be sort of oatmeal, you know, where it sort of kind of looks the same as bland. You know what? Throwing a little bit of brown sugar and a little bit of uh, maple syrup into it, it's not a bad thing. It changes up yep. the, the, the uh, taste and, you know, it makes it fresh and different again, you know, it makes it brand new. You know, so, no, I, I couldn't agree any more with you as far as, you know, the 16th hole. I'm just thankful no one got caught by a, by a full can of, uh, full, <laughs> full can of beer. You know, that was a good thing. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, I don't know if they had to bring out squeegees to soak it all up on the greens, but, uh, you know, I, I agree with you. It's, it, it's a good thing. I think it, it, it's healthy for, for golf to show the lighter side as opposed to being all sterile and, you know, elite, you know, yeah. it's, they call the people's open and, and for a good reason. So, okay, well, we're going to uh, leave it at that. Um, be sure to follow Squares Golf on social media channels as well. Um, so, Bob, I just want to thank you so much for joining me today on T-Box Chatter. Uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciated this conversation today. It was a lot of fun. It was a blast. And I hope to do it with you again. Absolutely. Alex, thank you. Thanks for having me here. And thanks uh, for what you do for the game of golf. Appreciate uh, it. Uh, thank you. You're too kind. So signing off for T-Box Chatter is Alex Toth. Take care and we'll see you on the next tee.